Okay, next up, we have Eric Zauncher, the chairman of Critical Elements Lithium. We've been advising the company, I guess, since soon after Battery Day. 13 years or so in the making, you are a Lithium 1.0 project, but you are finally fully permitted and now you're cashed up just waiting for the right strategic deal. You're at all-time highs until about a week ago. You know, banking crisis in America, you know, kind of does that to high beta stocks, but you know, you're waiting to partner and uh, Katie has covered your stock as have multiple analysts. You have Cantor Fitzgerald running a strategic process. I would recommend all viewers to this. If you want a deeper dive to listen to Jean Sebastian Lavallee and the video we did kiss from a rose about two or three months ago, JS uh, couldn't be here today because he's busy in a Korean big Korean battery conference. But uh, glad to have you, Eric, as always. And Katie, let's start. You you cover the stock. I don't know where the valuation is today, but it was about four, five hundred million, you know, market value, you know, two eighty uh, or so. And now it's probably down to two twenty or something like that. But your your target was recently raised, Katie, to to what? I forget. Five dollars. Yeah, we raised to five dollars. So stocks trading at half our nav right now, which kind of seems a little bit crazy for a project that's in the location it's in. It's fully permitted. It's effectively construction ready. No off taking place, waiting for strategic partner. Okay. Well, so that's all we need to say about it, Katie. Yeah, thanks for okay, all right. doing this. Video is over. <laughs> <laughs> Just to follow up on, on the introduction that Howard gave, you're obviously in a position where you want to push this project forward. You want to get it into construction. I think one of the, the key remaining catalysts is a strategic partner and, and locking up the financing. So can you give us the latest update in terms of the strategic partnership process, um, how that's going, and maybe some of the, the key challenges you're, you're facing in terms of finding the right partner? Sure. I mean, the goal of the strategic process is to find the optimal strategic partner or partners that will allow us to move forward, to attract the capital that's that's necessary for that. And there are a lot of moving parts to that when you think about different potential partners and what their goals are. They obviously, most of them want to achieve attracting the, the supply chain, the lithium into their supply chain, but they also have different measures of risk and risk tolerances. And so this is, as I've said before, is a bit of a 3D chess game and so I'm quite pleased that we do have Stefan Haber and Marcus Brune, ex of Rockwood Lithium, as chess masters sitting on our side of the table as, as we're in this particular process. And I think one of the main focuses of this conference is, is obviously Canada, but also how the U.S. potentially links into that. Do you find the strategic interest increase materially after the IRA? Obviously, you guys got your permits as well, so that helped. But have you seen interest sort of from everywhere, Europe, yeah. U.S.? I think the IRA is a really important step. It's really intensified the process, especially related to U.S. potential strategic partners. But I'd also say that when we started to see OEMs getting directly involved with mining projects as well, when we saw the deal between GM and Lithium Americas, that also caused an increase in intensity as the other potential strategics went, oh, okay, that's how it's going to be, is it? And so there's a there's an intensity there. And then the third layer to that is that Canada and the province of Quebec have also stepped up their game 
in a means to compete with what's happening in the United States. All of that is a cascading effect, domino effect. And I do want to build on that because it's clear interest is high. You're seeing strategic step in. You're seeing auto OEM step in. We saw Lock GM. We saw Tesla rumored to buy Sigma. It seems like demand for the material is incredibly high, yet we're seeing a bit of the pullback in spot pricing out of China. I'd be curious to get your latest sort of thoughts on the industry, given, you know, you were sell side at one point and just what you guys are seeing in terms of pricing and, and demand. Yeah, I mean, it's very key to get the right pricing structure. And that's another complexity or the layer of complexity in the discussions with potential off takers is getting that pricing back and right. And of course, we see those those spot quotes on a, on a weekly or biweekly basis and, and focus on that. But the reality is the vast majority of lithium is transacted on contract, not on spot. And so what we've seen is contracts have been trying to catch up to a, a really rampant spot market. That gap has been closing. And of course, spot has backed off. But we see a spot backing off every year at this time of the year. Um, with the Chinese New Year and so on. And then when you throw into that, the market share battle that, that, that has been going on for sales, that also puts another twist onto the spot market and then ultimately onto the contract market. So we hate to see what's happening in the spot market. We hate to see the equity valuations reflecting the spot. But the reality is that in this long-term game that's going on, there is deficit. There are growing deficits as we see forward and we are playing that long-term game and ensuring that our pricing mechanism will reflect true value. No, I completely agree. And I think I think what will be important is also speed to market and obviously the position that you are in with a fully permanent project near-term production um, is really important. Last we spoke, I believe the strategy was to go and produce a spodumene concentrate product only to get into, into production as soon as possible. I'm curious what your current thinking is around uh, downstream processing or how that could change as you guys look to bring on a strategic. Yeah, we're we're laser focused on ensuring that we're funded to get the mine and concentrator built so that we can get spodumene concentrate to the market. That's our primary focus. But let's face it, it's no secret that there are a lot of strategic investors and participants in the market that are keen to see conversion capacity sooner in Quebec. Who in their right mind wouldn't want conversion capacity, a chemical plant in Quebec, given the human capital, the financial capital, one of the cleanest grids in the world, charging four and a half, five and a half cents Canadian per kilowatt hour. It's, it's a no-brainer that there should be capacity in Quebec. And surely that will happen, that, that, that there will be an acceleration of that process. What our role in that is remains to be seen. Where do you see that potentially developing within Quebec? Howard and I were actually in Bay Cancor together. So we saw we saw the park. We see that it's basically sold out. Um, where do you see sort of a secondary hub developing uh, within the province? Yeah. Yeah, it's highly likely that the second hub, secondary hub will develop. There's so much demand for that real estate and access to ports and power and people. There, there are plenty of locations that, that fit the bill. And that's obviously something that's being worked on. One thing within Quebec that I think we need to consider is, is obviously labor and having the bench strength to actually push this project forward as you go from a developer into construction into production. Can you just sort of remind me what critical roles you, you've added to the team in terms of bench strength and, and some additional roles that you think you'll be looking to add um, over the course of the yeah. next year or two? 
we we um we spent over a year interviewing different parties for that key position for us the vp of construction engineering and reliability as we get project financing that is when we then expand the team to meet the requirement to build the project and ultimately that owner's team to build the project will be around 30 32 people got it i want to touch on the cree because you did mention them and i think multiple companies, I think Critical Elements has done a, a really great job at developing that relationship. Um, can you sort of give us some information on timelines, what that looked like, what went into that? Obviously, I think it's incredibly important to have a good relationship with the Cree on a go-forward basis for any project yeah. who's hoping to do business in Quebec. It is absolutely essential in Canada to have an agreement with the Indigenous peoples in your project area. And so for us, we have that benefit that Jean-Sebastien Lavallee, our CEO, has a long-standing relationship, a multi-generational relationship, if you will, with the Cree community. And after the discovery of the deposit back in 2009, 2010, right from the very beginning, discussions were ongoing with the Cree people in and making sure that they were aware of what's going on. You have to have that understanding, that, that trust between them. And so... That is the beginning of the process, 2010. In 2019 was the formalization of that agreement, the Picatau agreement with the different levels of Cree government, right on from the East Main Cree Nation to the Grand Council of the Crees. So it's it's a long process that has to happen. And I have to say recently there was a, a hit, bit of a hit piece in the media a few weeks ago about lithium in Quebec and cautionary tale about relationship with the Cree and so on. And it was it was very heartwarming to hear from Chief Chizo of the East Main Nation, who gave critical elements credit for seeing one of the highest graduation rates in, from high school in the Cree nations at East Main because they see a future. People coming out of high school with the aspiration to be a metallurgist or a geologist or an engineer and seeing a project in their backyard, how important that is for economic development. Yeah, I think what you guys have done there is, I commend you for that work. It's, it's really impressive. I don't want to make it all about Rose. I know that you guys are finally transitioning and doing more on the exploration side. And I think that's something the market is coming to understand. So if we're looking beyond Rose, can you sort of give us the highlights in terms of upcoming exploration that you're planning, even near mine, but also at some of your other projects like Lamar? Sure. Um, as as you intimated, we have a big project. We have about 1,050 square kilometers uh, that was recently expanded over the last few months to cover some highly prospective ground. Last year, we announced uh, the beginning of a 25,000 meter drill program with three legs to the stool, if you will, where the first is, as you alluded to, expansion of the life of roads in, in extending the road, but also addressing some of the satellite deposits that are within 10 kilometers on the road there. So that's leg one, expand the mine life. Leg two is the known Lamar zone at drilling in 2016 and 2017. And we're targeting a drill program there that will hopefully lead towards an, an initial resource. And then thirdly, the third leg of that stool is the idea of taking some of the so-called smart targets, those targets that were generated by gold spot discoveries using artificial intelligence or machine learning, taking all of the geological, geophysical, geochemical data and generating smart targets. And we already know that some of these targets represent spodumene bearing 
pegmatites at surface. So you'll see the results from these different programs over the next few weeks. We'll have an exploration update that will address the potential for another rose in the bouquet, I believe, alluding to the title of your initiation report. So we've got lots of potential. Um, do you know when, or, or do you think it's possible that you'll release a mineral resource estimate at Lamar this year, just given the fact that you are, are putting a significant amount of drilling into that deposit? Personal speculation on my part, but I believe that by the <laughs> end of this year or around the end of this year, that we'll have enough data from drilling at Lamar that we'll have an, an initial resource. Pure speculation on my part. And do you think the market's giving you any value for what could potentially be there right now? Well, I think you indicated that at two dollars and fifty cents, that um, we were roughly at fifty percent of your N of our NAV, or at least your NAV. I think that's more like twenty-five percent of the NPV from the feasibility study of last year, which was done at a at a price deck that was very conservative relative to the current market. So when we're seeing twenty-five percent or fifty percent, depending on your point of view of the NAV. Uh, in the market, clearly there is absolutely nothing in that market for the exploration potential of over a thousand square kilometers. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be really exciting to see some of those results coming out over the course of the next few months. Other than, you know, strategic partner, some drill results, are there any other key catalysts that investors should really be looking out for in 2023? Those are the, those are the primary catalysts. And, and again, if I'm speculating and we see a resource from a second deposit in the, uh, in the mix, so I think that'll be important as well. But I think it, the, the key thing that the market is waiting for right now is the idea of a, a potential partner or partners and what that will look like, what the financing for the project will be. Clearly, every time the stock, the share price goes down and we get down to these levels in the in the low to below 250, the chance of an equity financing is slimmer. It's as simple as that. If we're, we're, we're just not going to put any shares out there at that kind of a price level. So with that, thank you very much, Eric and Katie, uh, again, to be continued.